so far above yours. It's hard, it's hard for a finite mind to understand an infinite God. It's hard sometimes. But I'm glad we can trust His heart. We can trust that He knows what He's doing and He's got all things under control. Hallelujah. You have your Bibles. I want you to turn with me to James chapter number 1. We're going to look in verse number 21. While she was singing that song, it, it, I mean, I knew it, but it just, God reminded me of the fact that He's already been in our tomorrow. Let that sink in just a minute. He has already been in our tomorrow. He said, I'm the beginning and I'm the end. I am Alpha and Omega. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. I've already been there and taken care of things. He is kind of like the scout uh, in the old... How many of y'all like watching them old cowboy movies? Yeah, man, them wagon trains. And, and that wagon train, that crowd would be going through there, and they'd always send out a scout to go way ahead and make sure the trail was okay for the train. Well, I'm telling you what, we've got a God who is scouting the trail. He's already in your tomorrow getting you ready for when it's your today. Amen. Hallelujah. James chapter 1 in verse number 21. Let's all stand to our feet if you don't mind uh, as we read God's holy inspired word. It's some good stuff, y'all. James chapter 1 in verse number 21. When you get there, say amen. It says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Now that's some big words. Uh, but basically, it means a bunch of sin. Superfluity means abundance of, and that means we need to lay aside things in our life that we know good and well don't need to be there. That's basically what that's saying. It says, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Now, that's not real complicated. Meekness means with humility. Uh, engrafted, we know when you engraft a, you can engraft a branch into a trunk, and it is in implanted and begins to grow. That's what that means. It's something that's implanted and begins to grow. In other words, it's going to be hard to receive His Word if you got sin in the way. We come to church on a regular basis wondering why I I ain't getting anything. It might be what you're practicing through the week. It might be those habits that that are there that's in the way that we need to lay aside, lay apart, and get out the way. Uh, God's not going to be in competition with sin. He just ain't going to do it. God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. No darkness whatsoever. If you say that you uh, have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, you lie and do not the truth. Hey, we need to deal with that. And, And everybody, I said everybody in this building has issues. Don't look at this one or look at that one or look at let's just say it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Let's deal with those things and confess that. God has set up a great program for our sin. He said if we would confess our sin, He would, oh, hallelujah. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can come to God and get that taken care of, hallelujah. Then it says this, we receive it with humility. You know, you can't learn anything if you think you know everything. 
Don't you love it when you tell your kids something and they say, well, I know. Well, you need to do it. Well, I know. Well, you, uh, you well, I know. Well, dummy, why'd you do it then? That's what I want to say sometimes. It's not legal. I'm not allowed to, but I want to say that. If you knew, why'd you do it? Amen? Sometimes we go to God with that. God's trying to show us something and help us with something. And we, well, I know. Amen. You're not going to receive anything without humility. Without saying, Lord, I need something. Please help me. Give it to me. It says, with meekness, receive the engrafted word. Verse 22. Oh, boy. Whoa, Nelly. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. He being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, read it with me, this man shall be, say it again, this man shall be blessed, in his. everybody help me with this, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Lord, help me now. I've, I've already felt your presence today, and it's wonderful. I thank God for being in a place that's got the Holy Spirit running up and down the aisles, God, I thank God for being in a place where I can feel you when I walk through the door. Now, God, I need your power. I need your anointing. This is a critical, critical message that we need to get. And the devil don't want nobody to hear it. Lord, I pray that you'll help us and meet our needs today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If there was ever, if there was ever a message that was preached in this building... Uh, that the devil does not want you to get, it's this one. So I want to encourage you, don't let nobody distract you. If you've already seen somebody that's distracting you in the house of God, the best thing you can do is move to the front. Don't let nobody distract you. Don't let, listen, children, y'all be as still as you can, be as quiet as you can. I need you to listen because this message needs to be heard. So help me with that, all right? Uh, uh, I was... I was sitting in a, a wedding reception last Saturday night. Uh, most of you know I was out of town last weekend doing a wedding uh, for Brother Russell Marsh. And uh, uh, I was sitting in the middle of a wedding reception when God gave me this thought. So if somewhere down the line I say you may kiss your bride, don't think nothing of it. Do not apply that message. Amen. Uh, I was sitting there. And I was thinking about, I was thinking about issues, and I was thinking about people, and I was, I, I was just watching people and, and watching how everything was going. And, and man, I, I'm always thinking about messages. I'm always thinking about what our people need and what God wants me to say. And, and I, man, I was thinking about that. I didn't care nothing about the cake. I didn't care nothing about the dinner. I was sitting there, and, and I, I told Tammy, I said, Tammy, give me a piece of paper. She says, you're not going to do that right now, are you? I said, I got to. If I don't write it down, I'm going to forget it. And she, boy, she wasn't real happy with me, but I don't care. I wrote it down anyhow. And I want to share with you just a couple things that God shared with me. And, and I want to preach on the subject, the absence of application. The absence of application. How many of y'all have ever been to the doctor? 
How many of y'all thought that was a blessed experience? Yeah, amen. It, it's always wonderful till you go to get the bill, amen. But they'll always give you a prescription. You ever notice that? Most of the time, if, if, it, if it calls for that, uh, you go to the doctor, they'll check you out, see what your problem is, and, and they'll say, take this uh, and, 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 and fill it out and take it and apply it, whatever. Uh, when they give you antibiotics, they give you antibiotics, what do they always say? Now make sure and take all of it. Take all of it. Too many times in the church, Christians treat the application, the medicine, the prescription that God gives like it is a Sunday afternoon buffet. I will choose this and I will choose that and I will choose... Well, I don't really like that part that he said, but I like this part over here. That is not the way it's supposed to be. It is not a buffet. It is the whole Word of God. And I I was sitting there, I was sitting there in, in my chair and I was thinking about... Where are we going wrong? Where are we going wrong? Uh, there was a, a, a poll that had just been taken in church in America. 57%. I, I'm not, I, I've got it in print. I've got it, I copied it off because I didn't believe it and I read it and I studied it. 57% of evangelicals say there's more than one way to get to heaven. Now you say, well, that's terrible. That's awful. You, hey, we are in a crisis in America. We are in a bad situation. Why? Because the salt of the earth, the house of God, the church, you, God's people, we are not affecting the world around us. The Bible says that we're the salt of the earth. The salt is supposed to retard decay around us. We're supposed to be affecting them. We're not supposed to be allowing them to affect us. But I found out this. The church is getting more worldly and the world is getting more churchy. And neither one of them, neither one of them are accomplishing what God said to be done. And I got to thinking, well, dear God, people are still going to church. They're still showing up. I mean, I mean, any given place in America, any city in America, there's probably a church in that city. There's probably Bible being read or Bible being taught or Bible being preached. You can turn on the radio here in our city. Three or four radio stations will have preaching on it. You can turn on the TV, seven or eight, ten or twelve uh, uh, stations on TV will have preaching on it. Man, we are in the buckle of the Bible belt. We don't have no lack in the Bible. Are y'all with me? So what is the problem? If there's Bible everywhere, if there's Bible preaching everywhere, and they're not all bad neither. I know I've heard people, well, they, but they're not good teachers. But, but it's out there. It's out there. I'll tell you what the problem is. It's what that verse is talking about. It is not, it is not a problem of lack of medicine. It's a problem of applying the medicine. I, can't, I can give you a prescription, but I can't make you put it on. I, I got. I went through the woods the other night, and I, I got a little poison ivy on my nose, on the back of my ear. I feel like right now clawing my ear off right now. Brother Chad, it's a bad situation. I need a hug right after church, all right? I need a hug. And I want, I, I, I want, I want to, I, I, I want to, I just want to scratch it off. But, you know, and Tammy, you need to get some calamine lotion. You know, you know that pink stuff make you look like a pink panther with rabies or something, you know, it's, got pink spots. I said, I don't want to put that on. But now they got a clear stuff, thank God. But you know what? That stuff won't work sitting in the bottle. It don't work a bit. Brother Mickle, have you ever just sat in the Bible and watched it and said, all right, go to it, boy. It's got to get out the bottle and get on the ear. Say amen. There 
has to be application. One thing that Preacher Brown rehearsed and rehearsed and went over and over and over in preaching class, he said, son, don't you go to point two till you have applied point one. You bring it home. You set it on the table. I mean, you bring it and put it in their lap. And America hates application. They don't mind the hearing. They don't mind, uh, listen, being given information, but don't mess me, listen, don't mess me, don't, 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 don't put it, don't force the issue none. Why do you think the Bible says in the last days people shall heap upon themselves teachers having itch and ear? Because teachers are this, this is the information. A preacher will throw down and say, this is what God said, now what you going to do with it? That's the difference between teaching and preaching. We don't need more information. We don't need more prescriptions. We don't need, listen, somebody to give us more of the Bible. Let's God, it's time we start applying what Bible we already know. There's an absence. There's an absence. There's a drought, not of the Word. Man, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. The problem is us applying it. Let me give you three things real quickly. Real quickly. The absence of application. The Bible says this, we're supposed to receive the word. But then it says this, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Be ye doers of the word, not hearers only. How many of y'all have kids? Anybody got kids? Ain't they just a blessing? How many of y'all got kids and, 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 and you was right there? All right now. Listen closely. I want you to do one, two, three. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Then, then, do you understand? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. You go do your thing. And then come back. What happened to the list? I don't know. But but you heard me, didn't you hear me? Uh-huh. And you know what? God is saying every week. Didn't you hear me? The problem is we don't take it as the word of God. I was teaching in Sunday school today and we were talking about this issue. The Bible says Paul was Paul was uh, 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 he was admiring the church he was speaking to, and he said, "You have not taken it as the word of men, but as in truth, the word of God." Amen. I asked our class. I said, "What if Jesus came down right now? I mean, right now, boom, came down, sat right over there." It was like, "Whoa!" I mean, what if he did? What if he came down? I mean, you could see him, you could physically touch him. I mean, he was right there. Y'all wouldn't give me the time of day. Y'all would be so surrounding him. Y'all would be all up around him wanting to know and just wanting to hear what he's got to say. Am I telling the truth? I would. I'd be elbowing people out the way. Man, let me get to it. But what do you think we're saying every day? You got his word in your hands. It's the same thing. Illustration. Illustration. My girl. Oh, help us, Lord. I'm in my bed early in the morning. How come 
the girls always get up early when you're allowed to sleep late. But when you got to get up and they got to get up, they're in a coma. But the one day you can sleep late, they're going to get up early to watch cartoons and eat cereal. So here I am trying to get some sleep because most likely I ain't been there long. Coon hunting, say amen. And I'm laying there, I'm laying out here, bang, 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 bang. Let me in, let me in. Oh, let me out, let me out. Let me in, let me in. Here I come on my door. Bang, 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 bang. What is it? I said, who is it? It's me, Mackenzie. What do you need? They won't let me in their room. You go tell them that I said, open that door right now. Here I go. She leaves with confidence. Storm down that room. Bang, 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 bang. Daddy said, you better open this door now. Do y'all see the difference? See, there's no authority behind her word. But when she came to him and applied, Daddy said, things began to happen. The problem with us is we don't come to church and believe Daddy said it. That preacher wants me to do this. That preacher wants... No, that preacher... I'm just giving you what Daddy said. Let's look at this. Three things. Three things that we need to look at when it comes to being a doer and not just a hearer. And I'm going to do this quick. The Bible says, if a man is a hearer and not a doer, he is deceiving himself. Deceiving himself. I looked up that word deceiving. And it's a two-part word. It's a two-part word. It means, it mean, one part means in the vicinity of, and the other part means taking inventory. And basically this, what it means is, is you apply it as if you were a, a store owner. Brother Chad, you, you was a store owner. Uh, you take inventory. Why are you taking inventory? To know what you have, correct? To know what you have. You want to know what's in stock, what you have there available. Now, what that word is applying is this. If we just come to the, God's house and we hear it, we hear it taught, we hear it preached, but we do not use it, we do not apply it. For instance, if we say every Christian ought to pray, and you don't go and pray, that's applying. You go and do what you heard. Every Christian ought to share their faith. Application, you go out and you share your faith. Does everybody understand it? This is not complicated. But when we don't, and we just keep coming, and we've got many that are like that, You'll show up, bless God, rain, hail, sleet, or snow. You'll be in and hear it, but you don't do it out there. And the Bible says people that are like that are those who are taking inventory, but they're nowhere close to the vicinity of where they really are. For example, Brother Chad has 12 boxes of donuts. He writes in his inventory sheet, 25 boxes of donuts. How many did he have? How many, how many did he say? You know what he's doing? He's deceiving himself. In other words, we come to church and we think everything's all right. We come to church and we think everything's hunk-a-door. We come to church and think, man, everything's fine. And God's saying we are deceiving ourselves. 
We are taking inventory of our life and thinking everything's fine, but if we line up with God's Word, He'll show us what the real deal is. There's two areas I believe people are being deceived drastically in. Number one, the area of salvation. Number one, the area of salvation. Write this down. Their personal salvation. I believe a lot of people are very religious. I believe a lot of people, maybe they grew up in church their whole life. Maybe they had parents that were Christians. Maybe they had uh, an affiliation and they've come and become so comfortable in the house of God that they are deceiving their self when it comes to their personal salvation. I believe this with all my heart because the Bible says that many in that day, many in that day shall say, Lord, Lord. In Matthew 7, 21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. What's the key to that? Doing. What's the will of God? That all should come to repentance. Is that not what the Bible says? God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Going to church isn't enough. Reading your Bible isn't enough. Matter of fact, that's not what gets it done in the first place. Doing the will of God, which is repentance. Say amen. But we're deceiving ourselves. We're taking inventory and we're writing down saved and God's saying lost, lost. Deceiving ourselves when it comes to our personal salvation. But not only that, and this is the scariest part. This is the scariest part. Not only our personal salvation, but B, our progress spiritually. Our progress spiritually. If you've been saved for two years, and you still don't know John 3.16? Now, I'm, I'm, let me say this. Let me say this. I'm not saying you have to have it memorized. That ain't what I'm saying. Because I know I can't remember I, I can't remember my name half the time. I'm not saying you have to have the Bible memorized. But you need to be progressing in your spiritual life. You do not need to remain a babe in Christ the rest of your life. Little Carter's over there. Little Carter's over there. He, he, matter of fact, I'm doing a good job. He's asleep. Amen. Now, I remember when he was a whole lot small, smaller than that. But what's he doing? Now, you know what? I want to see that little fella married one day. I want to see him go to school one day. I want to see him become some. We want to see him grow and mature. You know what happens if he don't grow? We go to the doctor. Because if he doesn't grow, then that means something is wrong. Something is not right. Well, the Bible says when we get saved, we are a babe in Christ. A baby was born to grow. A baby was born to develop into adulthood and become strong and mature. You are not saved to be a baby the rest of your life. And just showing up to church does not produce spirituality. Just showing up to church does not produce maturity. How do you know? That's why there's 500,000 church splits a year. Because you got people that's all they do is go to church, but they're not growing. They're not learning God's Word. How do you know that? Because the Bible said the Lord hates those that sow discord among the brethren. God's not in a split unless it's a banana split. God's not in that stuff. But what happens is you get a bunch of immature Christians there and they're a bunch of babies that I'm going to take my ball and I'm going to go home. That's not God's will. 
That's not God's will. God wants us to mature and grow and develop and grow to love one another and be mature when it comes to God's Word. But just coming and sitting and hearing me ain't going to do it. You're deceiving yourself. That's all I need. You ain't getting a whole lot. Until you take this and start applying it at home. Let me say something. I don't mean to hurt nobody's feelings. I don't mean to hurt nobody's feelings, and I'm not going to try. But you need to have a Bible when you come to church. But you put it on the screen. We sure do. But you ain't got no screen at your house. You need to come here and get something and take it home with you. The Bible says they were more noble than those at Thessalonica. Why? Because they searched the Scriptures daily. To see if what Paul was saying was so. Last week I, I was in a discussion with somebody about something. I was in a discussion with somebody about something. And, uh, and I pretty much had the answers. I thought I didn't have a, a couple things uh, I was a little unsure about. But you know what that made me do? That made me, I woke up 4.30 the next morning. I woke up 4.30 the next morning, got my Bible, and I started reading. I started studying. I started looking. I started looking. Why? Because I don't want to be caught undone. I don't want to be caught unaware. I don't want to be caught not ready. I want to have my ducks in there. Man, I, I begin to search, and I begin to look, and I begin to look. Listen, how many times have you left this place, took your Bible, and searched diligently to see if what I said was so? But I, I trust you. I want you to trust me. And you need to be able to trust the man of God you're listening to. And that's important that you do. And I'm going to try my very dead level best to give you. I'll give you a verse for everything I say. But you need to take that Bible home with you because you may hear some bird on the radio. You may see some turkey on the TV. You may hear that and say, well, man, that sounds okay. And you not know your word. You need to know the Bible. Because there's more avenues of information coming to you than just where you're sitting here. The Bible says they're tossed to and fro. With that, it's Ephesians 4. Tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. In other words, one person come in here and say, well, that sounds good. Well, one person come in here and say this, well, that sounds good. And they'll give you just enough Bible to make it sound right and then put their evil doctrine in it. to. Con- but if you just come, if you just come and you come to this church and you sit in this pew and you hear preaching, and that eases your conscience, but it don't change your character, you're deceiving yourself. Amen. That's why the church is not affecting our community. That's why our country is going to hell in a handbasket. Amen. It's not the world's fault. They've always been wicked. The world ain't no more wickeder now than it was then. Hello? They had homosexuals then too. They had adultery then too. They had fornication then too. They had drugs then too. Oh, the world's just worse. No, it's not. The church is not growing and maturing and developing. They become anemic. They become weak. But we are not applying what we hear. Listen. The deception that's revealed. Number two, the danger that's recorded. He gives a comparison. He gives a comparison. The man that comes in here, he, he, he illustrates this. Vivid illustration. 
The man that comes and hears the word, but is not a doer. This is how he describes it. But Tim, he says, it's like a man that looks into a mirror. I believe everybody ought to own a mirror. But it's obvious everybody don't. You know what? I know there's generation gaps and all that kind of thing. But I just don't understand some of the hairdos nowadays. I just don't understand it. I mean, I, I, I'm trying my best, but I, it, it's like they wet their hair and throw some mousse in it, and then when they get in the car, they roll down the window and hold their head out all the way to where they're going. <laughs> and whatever happens, man, that's the deal. And then somebody else will see it and go to the barber and say, make me look like that. He said, not on your life. Everybody ought to own a mirror. Say amen. Now, this mirror, he, he begins to describe somebody that comes as a hearer and not a doer. He comes and looks in the mirror. Now, there's something about a mirror. A mirror is not politically correct. A mirror does not show you what you want to see. Mine don't. I mean, a mirror is brutally honest. If ugly's in front of it, what you going to see? Did y'all hear about ugly? <laughs> Brother Cone, they say, beauty is skin deep, but ugly is to the bone. When beauty fades away, ugly hangs on. Amen. <laughs> you hear that? I'm sorry. I had a little lapse right there. But this man's looking in this mirror, and there's a problem. He has an issue. It could be a hair out of place. It could be nasal problems. See, Shane, I'm being nice. I didn't say it. may have a problem in the nasal region. He sees the issue. The Bible says he beholdeth himself. In other words, he sees it. But he doesn't do anything about it. He doesn't fix the alfalfa. He doesn't deal with the... And what's he do? He goes his way. Well, then, just a few minutes, he forgets about it. He forgets about the issue. He forgets about the problem that he should have dealt with when he saw it. And now he's going around everywhere, and everybody sees the issue but him. Everybody knows he has a problem but him. He forgets about it. It's amazing to me. We'll come to church. And the preacher will be preaching the word of God. And man, we'll get under conviction. I mean, God will be drawing our heart about the subject that he's preaching on. I mean, the Holy Ghost will be driving it home and convicting us. And man, we can't even hardly breathe because God is saying, you have a problem here. You have an issue here. But then when we leave and we don't deal with it, we don't respond to the invitation. We don't deal with it right then. We don't be a doer, not just a hearer. We leave. Isn't it amazing how that all goes away? What does it mean we're being a forgetful here? We go, we don't respond, we don't do something, and we forget what we see. Now, here's the deal. Write this down. The danger that's recorded. There's a danger. A, in truth, that's disregarded. The man beholds an issue. The man beholds a problem but doesn't do anything. He's ignoring truth. The preacher preaches... Preacher preaches, ye must be born again. 
you have been presented with the truth. If you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus, and, and the preacher preaches, you must be born again. And the Holy Spirit is drilling that into your heart, and you do not respond. You're disregarding truth. If the preacher preaches on sin and dealing with sin and confessing and forsaking sin, and we know that habit, we know that issue, we know that situation is there, and we don't do anything about it, we've disregarded truth. We've just looked in the mirror, we saw it, God showed it to us, and we are ignoring it. We're ignoring it. But this is the worst part. Not just the truth that's disregarded, but this is, the, this is the main thing that we need to get. The transformation that's delayed. The transformation that's delayed. The Bible says this. The Bible says this. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. You don't have to turn it. I, I'll, I'll read it. Let me, let me, let me read, read Ezekiel 33. I forgot about this verse. Ezekiel 33, 31. And they come unto thee as the people cometh. And they sit before thee as my people. And they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. In other words, they just go about doing what they want to do. Even though they know God said to do this, they say, well, I really want to do this over here. And lo, thou art them unto them as a very lovely song. This is this. Now, now if nobody gets anything, don't miss this. This is, as they, listen, thou art to them. He's talking about the man of God. He's talking about the preacher that's delivering truth. He says, this is what you are. This is what you have become to them. Thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear thy words, but they do them not. Let me apply it. I've got people that will come and they love to hear and see me preach. But they won't go do what I'm preaching. Do you know what they have made me in their life? An entertainment figure. Just like the song. If you're not going and taking what we're delivering and letting it transform your life, all I am is an entertainer to you. I know some of this is hard to hear, but I'm just telling you. I was watching at that recital, the, the, the DJ, you know, the guy that's playing. He's just, he just doing what they want to hear. And what we have done, we have transformed the house of God, which is, which is supposed to be a transformation center, and we've just turned it into another entertainment center. No, we may not go to the concerts. No, we may not go to this. No, we may not go to that. But we'll sure go to the house of God so we can hear somebody throw down and get it on something we enjoy. We ain't going to let it change us. How do you know that? Because if you're a hearer, not a doer, it's not changing you. Let me, let me, let me. Be this far, let's go on. Watch this. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. For when for the... For when for the... Ye ought to be teachers. Ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, 
and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Now let's talk about spiritually speaking. Even those who by reason of use. In other words, they're using the word of God. They're taking what they're hearing. They're taking what they're studying. They're taking what they're reading. And they're using it. They're applying it to their life. And it is changing them. And they are becoming mature and transforming into the image of God. By reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Hebrews chapter number 6 verse 1 says, Let us go unto perfection or completion. You don't need to be the same next year that you are this year. You need to be constantly growing, constantly transforming. The Bible says, be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Say amen. Whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. The purpose of you being here today is to constantly, listen, to be constantly transformed into the image of Christ. And if you come and you hear, but you do not do, you are like the man who looks in the mirror and you don't do anything, you don't change anything. You stay the same way. I've got people that's been in church long enough. Just tell how long they've been in church. When I was born, my dad was pastoring when I was born. When I was born, they changed my diapers. And they've been in church that whole time. And I cannot sit down and talk with them about a serious spiritual issue. I cannot sit down and say, well, what about over there in Hebrews chapter number 7? The, huh? You say, oh, that's terrible. Hang on a minute now. You could probably count on their hands how many times they missed church. Dad, am I telling the truth? They're there. Buddy, they're there. They don't bring their Bible to church. But they're faithful. They're good people. But they have not got in their mind, listen, just coming and hearing is not enough. You'll never be transformed. You'll never be the Christian God expects you to be. You'll never enjoy what God, the blessings that God has for you if you're just a hearer and not a doer. The church will never, listen, it will never affect the community around it if we keep deceiving ourselves. The danger is this, transformation is delayed. I don't want to be in the same spot spiritually for four or five years. Are y'all with me? Are y'all awake today? And I don't want a shallow church. I've been to churches on the first note of the song. Boom, they're in the raptures. Woo, shouting. And a man will get up there and start breaking forth the bread of life and going into deep scriptures and then they're, huh? Trust me, I like excitement. I like shouting. I like it when the glory is there. But I'm here to tell you, if that's all we know, if all we know is a shout and we don't know the Scriptures, we got problems. You know why? Because fireworks don't last. I like it when the fireworks go off. I like it when the grand... I like all that stuff, and I'm telling you what, that only lasts for a few minutes. 
that shouting and all that, and I like, trust me, please don't get me wrong, I like it, and I'll raise my hand, and I'll say hallelujah, and I'll say amen, but I'm telling you what, that stuff don't carry you through when your kid comes home and tells you a situation. You need more. You need to be strong. You need to be mature. You need to be developed. You need the Word of God, the meat of God's Word. preacher can't force feed nobody if you don't have an appetite I can't make you eat my, my grandmother I told you I had an orange grandmother and an ice cream grandmother my grandmother with the orange trees we'd get oranges at her house and my grandmother with the ice cream we'd get ice cream at her house always always had ice cream in the freezer I'm talking about, I'm talking about the good kind too Always. Well, she was the she was the uh she was the grandma that the kids grandkids never did anything wrong. Y'all know what I'm talking about? She was that grandma that, you know, it, it wouldn't matter. You know, we could have killed somebody. We could have stabbed somebody. She said, Well, they shouldn't have walked into the night. I mean that's that's what she she was that type of grandma. I mean, but the other grandma, she wasn't. She <laughs> When it come to dinner, but but she'd go in and cook breakfast, and then right after cooking breakfast, she'd be starting to get ready for for, for uh, dinner and then supper. You know, y'all know what I'm saying? And and she when when you you come in the house, there was no there was no Twinkies and 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 are y'all with me? You didn't you didn't you didn't get any of that stuff. You know why? She didn't want to ruin your. Because when she cooked it and put it on the table, you better want it. And you know what we do with kids today? They go in there and snack all day on Twinkies and gummy bears and all this stuff. Junk food. Cokes and all that stuff. And when they come to sit down to good stuff that they're supposed to be eating, I'm not hungry. Why are you saying all that? Because we sit there at home and watch all that junk on TV. We get entertained by everything else. And then, then when you come to the house of God and the preacher puts down broccoli in front of you, you say, I'm not hungry. Amen. It says receive with meekness. In other words, you've got to come prepared. You've got to come humble. Lord, give me something. See, I said truth today that you're already mad at. Bless God, I don't, I, I don't have to come. No, you don't. It is America. But why are you going to waste your time going somewhere if it ain't doing nothing for you? This may be a crude illustration. And if it's crude to you, please forgive me. Doyle gave me the idea. But there ain't no way I'm going to drink non-alcoholic beer. Say, what are you saying? If I'm going, and I've never had a beer in my mouth, so I don't know nobody leave here and say, preach all my drinking beer. I don't even, I've never, I can't stand the smell of it. I, it'll make me throw up. I can't stand it. I know that's not the case with everybody. But I can't stand it. But if I'm going to put up with it, it better do something for me. 
Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I don't understand. I don't, I, which I've never understood. I, I, I've never been in that type of atmosphere. They'll, they'll smoke a cigarette and just get, oh, that's good. Man, that's good. Oh, What? I told you it was crude. I told Doe I shouldn't use that illustration. But I've never understood that. I mean, I worked at a golf course, and they had non-alcoholic. I said, why are you going to drink that nasty stuff? I mean, it ain't doing nothing for you. Why are you going to come and spend an hour if you're not going to let it do something for you? I should have used caffeine free Mountain Dew. I didn't even think about that. Let's let's let me give you an illustration. You know these people drinking this caffeine free Mountain Dew. I don't even understand that. Why do I always think of things too late? For real, church. I mean, honestly, I see people coming to Sunday school and just sit there. But they, they're coming because they know they're supposed to. But why are you going to waste time if you're not going to let it do something for you? It's like going to the doctor and paying all that money and taking the prescription and throwing it out the window. That's the same thing. If where, Let me say this. If where you're at is not transforming you, if it's not changing you, if it's not developing you, you're in the wrong place. Say amen. We don't need point three. They get, that's plenty. Let me just say it to you and you can write it down. And then that way you have one, two, three. What was number one? Say it again. Does everybody see that? If we come and we don't use what we get, we don't apply it to our life, we don't apply what we hear, we're just lying to ourselves, we're just tricking ourselves, we're taking inventory and we're saying we got something that we really don't have. We have spiritual maturity like we really don't have. Then number two, number two, did y'all understand that? We'll leave and we'll forget what we was. We're we're not getting what we need because we're not being transformed. We're not becoming more like Christ. But then three, the diligence... That's rewarding. The diligence, that's rewarded. What does it say in that last verse we read? Put that last verse up, Brother Barnes, if you don't mind. But whoso looketh into that perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. In other words, abides there, does it. He be not a forgetful hearer, but a, but a, of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Now you study that word, that's, that word means doing. He shall be blessed in his doing. In other words, you got to take what you get and use it. You got to use it. In doing that is where you're going to receive the reward. We 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 just took Mackenzie up there to the uh, the surgery center and she got her tonsils and that's where they're at now. She had her tonsils and adenoids taken out. Well, the first thing they they she as soon as they come out, the doctor talked to us and gave me a prescription. I went to the, I left right there, Tammy stayed, so when she come out, she goes sit with her. I went to the, the, the pharmacy and uh, got the antibiotics, and, and there was some liquid pain medicine. Well, 
when I come back, I was gone. I was gone, and, and uh, uh, they brought McKenzie out, and, and Tammy was sitting there with us. She looked, where's Daddy? Where's Daddy? Where's Daddy? And I said, well, she, he went to get the medicine for you. He'll be right. Where's Daddy? He went to get the medicine for you. So I come back in. I'm carrying the medicine. I'll go back in the room where they're at. And she, she said, she's been wanting you. She's been looking. She's been asking you. you get I went over there. I said, was you looking for me? She said, uh-uh. And they gave that they gave that medicine. One is an antibiotic to help with infection, and the other is a pain medicine. Now, if I didn't give that to her, it wouldn't work. She would still be in the same condition she was before. Let me apply it this way. I'm just a doctor. I can give you what will help you. But it's up to you to take it and use it. If you don't, you're just tricking yourself. Curse, say amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for illuminating our mind to see what